0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, A a, a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Paul Dotino Down the sideline, into the end zone. From the, off season, the wins and the it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step, step. welcome in to one giant step free on the Odyssey app and everywhere podcasts are available I am your host Sean Morash. it's game week finally Finally, week one in the NFL has arrived, and before we get down to breaking down the nuts and bolts of the Giants and Cowboys ahead of Sunday Night Football, a couple programming notes. Again, all season long, you can download and subscribe to One Giant Step. I will have a game recap, a game preview, still kind of tinkering with some stuff as a co-host as the season goes along, but you get just me here today. All weekend long, I will have more Giants coverage for you as the momentum builds. Saturday, and each and every Saturday from 9 to 9.30 a.m., free on the Odyssey app and on WFAN in the New York area live, I will co-host with John Schmelk a show called Big Blue Kickoff Live where we will go in depth on the Giants and Cowboys and, and the matchups and such. And specifically this Sunday, WFN following Yankee baseball ahead of Giants pregame. I'm going to host a little extended pregame for you from about 530 to 650 ahead of the real pregame show on WFN and free on the Odyssey app. So that's Saturday, 9 to 930, Sunday afternoon, 5 to 650, 530 to 650, somewhere in that range whenever uh, Yankee postgame coverage wraps. But we have you here on One Giant Step, and we are taping this following Already a big domino to fall in the NFL is the Detroit Lions, who are another playoff contender like our New York Giants in the NFC, knock off the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, which firmly puts the Lions now, I think, to start the year as a team where a lot of people are trendy, a lot of people are hot on. You can't necessarily call them a fluke. But where this does tie into the Giants, I think is setting our bar and setting our expectations for the newly minted, newly signed franchise quarterback, uh, where we don't have to worry about if this is his last year. If not, and that's Daniel Jones. You saw Patrick Mahomes, I think for the first time in his career, look extremely ordinary. Now he still played a a, a heck of a game. You still thought that he was going to find a way to get the chiefs into the end zone or field goal territory and win. And it just didn't happen. Now, The Lions completely ate up the line of scrimmage, which is a big thing we'll get to on the Giants in a second versus good teams. But number two, look at the weapons that Patrick Mahomes is throwing to. Gone is Juju Smith-Schuster. We know that Tyreek Hill is gone, so that was kind of the first domino. They replaced him with Juju Smith-Schuster. Travis Kelsey could not play in that game last night. He does so much for that chief offense. And here are the Kansas City Chiefs with former Giant Kadarius Toney as one of their starting wide receivers, uh, with Sky Moore, who got basically zero ta- targets, a guy named Justin Watson. Uh, let's not forget punt returner Richie James, who was the Giants' most reliable third-down target, was not, in theory, good enough as a wide receiver to break through with some of these guys on the Chiefs who just did not do enough at all in this spot versus the Lions. And the Chiefs looked extremely ordinary, scoring 20 points in a game with the best quarterback on the planet. Why does this matter? It, to me, further solidifies what many of us who have been pro-Daniel Jones have believed for a long time. And it breathes, I think, a little bit of relief in this thought. The weapons matter. That wasn't just an excuse. When Daniel Jones throws 15 touchdowns and everybody ignores that he ran in seven and goes, ha-ha, how could that happen? When Daniel Jones isn't some kind of 4,000-yard receiver, uh, thrower, and we talk about how many times, it was Marcus Johnson, David Sills, Kenny Galladay dropping passes early in the year. Uh, Kadarius Toney, an asset, uses the number one receiver. Is he on the field? Is he off the field? Is he even reliable when he's on the field? And Richie James becomes the most reliable receiver down the stretch, and he's not even good enough to crack that squad with the Chiefs where their wide receiver room's a complete mess. The best quarterback on the planet just showed you even he will absolutely struggle if you don't provide him enough weapons. And Daniel Jones, now this year, you hope that the Giants have taken significant steps in providing him weapons and we could throw that excuse out the window. What the Giants are going to put on the field on Sunday night is better than what the Chiefs put on the field last night. Yes, Travis Kelsey didn't play. He was hurt and that's a big deal. Adding Darren Waller, who, by the way, was was traded for with a third-round pick gotten from the Chiefs for Kadarius Tony, is a huge deal. I don't know what the usage will be for Jalen Hyatt on Sunday night. I do know that when you invest that third-round pick and he has speed like that, they're going to find a way to get him on the field, and his role will ever evolve as the year goes on, and his mere speed presence you know, should open up things for the Giants. They added Paris Campbell, a guy who's had a lot of health questions, but when he played, like he played last year with bad quarterback play, still was pretty freaking good. That's a big deal. Isaiah Hodgins, uh, this is important to note. The Giants last year, pre-getting Isaiah Hodgins to post Isaiah Hodgins, moved up 10 spots in the NFL's offensive rankings for points per game. So where they were, I think it was 21st in the league points per game in an offense that did not have Isaiah Hodgins. From the moment Isaiah Hodgins started playing for the Giants through the end of the year, the Giants offense, if you just took from that point on only ranking offenses, was 11th in the league in points per game. Adding one reliable route runner moved the Giants 10 pegs in points per game. So the Giants have, in my opinion, I won't call it a complete room because Paris Campbell could be gone in a year. Let's hope Darren Waller stays healthy. Let's see Jalen Hyatt continue to evolve. And if they press him or or what have you, what happens? What you saw out of Thursday Night Football to start the year was validation, in my opinion, that weapons matter. It it does. Even the greatest quarterback in the world, if you give him dog food at weapons, it is going to be an extreme chore. And Daniel Jones isn't as good as Patrick Mahomes. So Patrick Mahomes only putting up 20 points last night. Now, again, they got dominated in the line of scrimmage. You saw that when the Lions had an offensive line that made a difference, you hope for the Giants' sake that Evan Neal takes a step and John Michael Schmitz, you know, the struggles are minimized as a center. Um, You'd like to see the Giants win a lot of lines of scrimmage and open up the run holes for Saquon Barkley so the Lions run the ball well last night. But I think you really could take a lot out of Thursday night football and where the New York Giants stand right now. Uh, and And just kind of twist ahead. Now, with all of that being said, it's time to kind of transition to this game, Dallas Sunday night. We've done a lot of, you know, what the Giants can be this year. How about for this game? I have fears, and I have excitement. Here are the fears for this game, and I think they are obvious ones. The last, it's only a kick. Everyone has to point to that the Giants haven't beaten Dak Prescott. Forget the Pat Shermer error. Forget the Joe Judge error. This is a new Giant core. It's not about what Giants three years ago did. This is a new Giants coaching staff from last year. They are 0-2 versus Dallas. And last year, they are 0-2 versus Dallas for two reasons. Number one, they, above any other team in the NFL last year, won the line of scrimmage battle with the Giants and kicked the offensive line's ass. Just a fact. Number two, especially when it comes to the second game, you can tie into the first game, Giants injuries were a huge part of that. Let's start with the injury part of it. In the Giants' first game versus the Cowboys, they did not have Dak Prescott, they had Cooper Rush. So you have to be fair, Dallas was dealing with an awfully big injury themselves. But it was going to be, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojalari's first game of the year off of their training camp injuries. And Kayvon Thibodeau was playing that game with a knee brace of which he admitted to me, Tiki and Evan, at giant camp, absolutely hindered him. And that's why he played his better football the second half of the year when he got rid of the knee brace. The giants in that game played Sterling Shepard, who at the end would get his seasoning and ending injury. Kenny Galladay and David Sills as their starting receivers this year. You'll have Slayton fully ingrained in here. Hodgins, Paris Campbell. You'll get the Jalen Hyde. Darren Waller will be on the field. I think that's a big deal. But more importantly, in the second game, people forget that was when Xavier McKinney was out with the ATV incident. Adoree Jackson, their best corner, who covers CeeDee Lamb, was out after he was returning punts. Evan Neal was out at that game. Aziz Ojolari was out in that game. There were others out in that game. It started to stack up. The Giants, if you look back, played like nine guys that were essentially practice squad players versus the Dallas Cowboys in significant roles. Their starting corners were Rodarius Williams and Fabian Moreau. And we're going to freak out that the Giants are starting Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins in this game along with the Dory Jackson. And the Giants led that game at halftime. And the Giants were in the first game versus the Dallas Cowboys into the late in the fourth quarter. In fact, they had a chance to go down the field and either tie or take the lead. And David Sills is slipping on the field, leading the picks. Kenny Galladay dropped a huge third down. I mean, the Giants were set up last year where it was just a talent thing. It was just a talent thing with the Dallas Cowboys. Now this year, what can they change? Right off the bat, Daniel Jones ran for his life in game one. And Micah Parsons found a way to wreck the game. I think Dallas would be stupid to keep lining up Micah Parsons over Andrew Thomas, but maybe they will. Evan Neal, this has to be a big show-me game from Evan Neal. Look, you draft the guy seventh overall. I don't think it's too much to ask that the guy becomes a great right tackle in football. You didn't even draft him to be a left tackle. Um, but I guess we would sign for adequate right now. You'd sign for for decent right now. Evan Neal's injury, I think, derailed this season. I'm expecting to take an enormous step. And by the way, he better because the swing tackle situation is a problem. But interior is the Cowboys kind of shuffle the deck and, and bring whatever pressure they have. John Michael Schmitz has to you know, not be overwhelmed by the moment. I trust Ben Bredesen at left guard. And Gluwinski's just got to be stable. Look, we've seen much worse Giants offensive lines on paper. Much worse. I think we're teased a little bit because it's not quite perfect yet. But the Giants offensive line has a high ceiling, especially if Josh Zudu figures it out and gets going. It has a very high ceiling. And the floor is at least higher than it was. But it's still in a spot where if JMS is an overwhelmed rookie, if Evan Neal becomes a bust, it's possible where it can wreck the game. I mentioned the giant corners. That also remains a fear. A Dory Jackson playing in the slot on CD Lamb is the right move. Look, he's not Revis, but we love a Dory Jackson. He's a top 20 corner in football at least. Have him stick the Cowboys best receiver, follow him all over the field. That's where the slot stuff will come into play. So when you talk about the Giants starting two rookie corners, yeah, well, you really play three corners on the field. But remember, Adoree Jackson is still the number one corner, despite the fact that he'll be playing a lot in slot because he's playing over C.D. Lane. If they go base packages with two corners, you think Adoree Jackson's coming off the field? No, he's not. So that being said, Trey Hawkins, who, by the way, that was the sixth-round pick used that we got for the Kadarius-Tony trade, and first-rounder Deontay Banks. No doubt rookie corners tend to struggle. But remember, the Giants didn't draft at least Trey Hawkins in the sixth round thinking we're drafting this guy to start, and they're not starting him because of injuries. They're starting him because he performed that damn well in camp. So still a scary proposition. It does fear me that, you know, they get exposed and those guys are running like chickens with their head cut off, but I'm going to trust Wink-Martin scheme. And in the second game last year on Thanksgiving, Kayvon Thibodeau nearly wrecked the game. He was getting pressure after pressure after pressure, and that was without ease Ojolari. Uh, I think it was Dougie Analytics on Twitter. Giant fans know him well. If you don't, give him a follow. He had put up, the Giants only played last year, 50 snaps total, which could be a game, with Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence all in the field at the same time due to injury. All four of those guys are healthy. And when they did, their EPA, their pressures, all the combined advanced metrics – For those 50 snaps, had the Giants as one of the best defenses in football if you you basically overlay that over the long haul. Well, it's a big deal. The Giants, as Brian Dable stated earlier in the week, are healthy. Absolutely healthy. A couple people limited, but we are going to see – you may not see a healthier version of the New York Giants than you do on week one on Sunday night. We can't play the injury card. Everybody should be out there barring something catastrophic early. Uh, I am giddy slash anxious slash interested. Fears be damned to see a healthy Giants team versus this Dallas team. Dallas has Tyron Smith on the injury report. He looks, he's going to play, but he's limited. Tyler Smith may not play. And that's a big deal. Their first round pick from a year ago, the Giants would cave on Thibodeau and that defensive front. As I just mentioned, they need to be the ones that wreck this game and not the Dallas front. And I think they have an enormous opportunity to do that. So, with that, you know, Paul and I last year, if you're listened or if you're new, we like to wrap the show with a little breakdown we like to call fantasy versus reality. I'm gonna give you a you know fantasy play. Maybe I'll give you two since Paul's not here. And the reality of the game with my game prediction. First, the fantasy angle of this. It's Darren Waller, isn't it? It seems Paperish. It seems very chalky, but it's the truth. We saw what the Giants did with Darren Waller in that one starter's drive versus Carolina. It was an enormous difference. Mike McCarthy at his press conference on Wednesday or Thursday stated that the biggest problem with game planning for this game is they don't know exactly how the Giants are going to use Darren Waller. And Darren Waller is a matchup nightmare of which the Giants haven't had in a long time. Splitting as a tight end, splitting out as a wide receiver, and the creativity of Mike my, my Kafka and Brian Dable. McCarthy admitted this. It is their biggest challenge in this game. I am sure as the season goes on, if Darren Waller is the Giants' number one target like we expect him to be, the teams will get more tape beyond this first game, kind of see you know, what they can do, and maybe that opens things up for other people. But I think Daniel Jones, who loved Darren Waller all through camp, is going to feed Darren Waller eight passes in this game. Wouldn't shock me at all if he is 100 yards receiving. Uh, and I think Darren Waller finds his way to the end zone. So. Again, Chalky and... I think Darren Waller's numbers game to game might go down the more defenses completely zero in and get more of a feel on what the Giants are going to do, but there's no tape on what they're going to do. But we know enough from camp, and I think he's going to be a matchup nightmare and, and everything he was promised, and he's healthy. So I think Darren Waller is a clear uh, short bet play. Now, if I was going to play another fantasy angle on this, I kind of am really interested in Paris Campbell in this game. Early in camp, the Giants had a lot of force plays for him. I don't know what to expect out of Wandell Robinson. I don't know how many of you guys had fantasy drafts that are listening, and you saw the Giants were like the one team where everybody's afraid to take a wide receiver in the couple I was in. Maybe that's just like a New York bias thing because you don't know who's going to be relied on. Darius Slayton, could Jalen Hyatt catch one or two balls? Fine. But I think Paris Campbell is going to be out there a significant amount of snaps, and the idea that he could play on the outside, play in the slot, I think Paris Campbell is going to find his way into some matchup problems as well. I I wouldn't shock me off in the red zone. They got tricky. and Paris Campbell found his way into the end zone. And, of course, there's always Saquon Barkley, who we didn't see with the starters versus Carolina. Now, the reality of this game. The Giants are three-and-a-half-point dogs. They have not beaten Dak Prescott or the Cowboys in a game that Dak Prescott has started, which is incredible. Now, a lot of that was a futile franchise with the Giants. Last year, they did lose to Cooper Rush once, lost to Dak Prescott once. Dak Prescott is very much at a crossroads here as the Cowboys have traded for Trey Lance. I mean, that could be absolutely meaningless or it could be an insurance ticket. He was a turnover machine last year. But there's a cockiness and an arrogance to the Dallas Cowboys and their fan base. And I think the Giants are ready for it. I think the Giants took it personal what happened with those Cowboy games. I think they understand to get where they want to go and take the next step. The losing specifically with the Cowboys and Eagles has to end. Sunday Night Football was a spot last year where Kayvon Thibodeau rose to the occasion was a primetime player. Daniel Jones played this whole camp with extreme confidence. Nothing is ever easy versus the Dallas Cowboys. But I think the losing ends in this game. Call me a homer. Call me a pom-pom waver. Uh, I have made this case probably since the Darren Waller trade happened and as the team continued to add pieces and we didn't even mention Isaiah Simmons or boogie Basham in this uh, whole podcast. But we worry about the Eagles when we have to worry about the Eagles down the road, in December. I think that the giants have done enough to close the gap on the Dallas Cowboys on the field. And yeah, they added Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. They added Brandon cooks. Yeah. There's going to be a moment or two we go, damn, that rookie corner got beat. But I believe in this Giants coaching staff. I believe in this Giants scheme. And I believe the Giants win a thrilling 27 to 24 tight game on Sunday where Daniel Jones is making the plays late. I also think that the Giants will win the turnover battle in the reality of this game. And because of those rookie corners and because of Shore of Dallas's willingness slash want to test those corners, I believe that either Deontay Banks or Trey Hawkins will have an interception in this game on some kind of rush pass by Dak Prescott. And we're going to go nuts that the rookie, one of the rookies, has a pick. I think the Giants start 1-0 and feel good about themselves heading to Arizona. I think it's one of those... A breath of fresh air. It was never easy because the Giants never make anything easy. And the Giants win a game. 27-24, a pick for one of the rookies. Darren Waller finds the end zone. And that's the picture I'm painting. I will be back with you sometime Monday. So make sure you download and subscribe to One Giant Step. Everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, And we will give you your full recap, your full breakdown on, on everything that happened on Sunday Night Football. And then already we get right into the, to it. We start to peek ahead to Arizona in week two. And again, that the Giants absolutely looking ahead. You feel good about the fact that they should win. So if they beat Dallas, you don't want to get put the cart before the horse, but you start thinking two and O oh is in play. I can't wait. I can't freaking wait. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean Morash, Instagram at Morash radio. Again, download, subscribe free on the Odyssey app, Spotify, uh, iTunes, everywhere podcasts are available. All right. And, of course, check me out at Big Blue Kickoff Live with John Schmelk, free on the Odyssey app and WFAN 9 to 9.30 every Saturday, beginning this Saturday. And I will be on WFAN for about an hour or so before the Giants pregame show. Get the pom-poms out. Get you set. If you're driving a MetLife, get ready to tailgate. Thanks to my producer, James. Thank you to everybody listening, and thanks for taking one giant step with us.